uh, it was a there was a brand of uh, laundry, of course, Fab was a Colgate product. Never heard that. Okay. Uh, oh, Fab! I'm glad they put real borax in you. Was one of their was one of their '60s ads. Then there was um, there was a Colgate made a product called Ad, a laundry soap. There was the infamous Axion in the late 60s, and the reason that was infamous is one of their chief spokesmen was Arthur Godfrey, until Arthur discovered from congressional investigations that one of the products in Axion caused a lot of pollution in the water. So Arthur publicly renounced Axion, having sold it for several years. Uh, is that the one, that's one of them with phosphates then? Yes. The substance that got jettisoned and is still uh, on the boo-boo list. I mean, it's on a bad list. <clears throat> yeah, I think Sabo was another one that was like that. It had it was the tablets that you could put in the, lawn, in the washing machine. Uh-huh. And they could just dissolve. Dash was another laundry soap. Uh-huh. Uh, whisk. Ring, uh, ring around the collar and all of that. It was a liquid. All, of course. What was interesting is all and whisk were both made by Lever Brothers. So I guess they were technically the same company, but competitors. Do you know where Lever Brothers is based in? No, I don't. They're, they are an English company. They are an English company yeah, now? No, they always were an English company. Always were. They always were, and then they, when they struck upon rocks at the idea... And Frank told me they had a manufacturing plant near Hollywood, but they're always based in England. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they sure made a lot of different soaps. I know Lever Brothers also made Life Boy for a long time. Didn't you say is Life Boy still made? I think it's made overseas. It's made overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the one, of course. I dug up some information about today. Okay. What was that? Oh, I, you just keep going. I'll, I'll... Okay. Well, I thought you had some information to give us or something. Oh, I do, but later. Later. Okay. Later. I, um, let's see. She wants to keep the audience in the suspense. I want to keep the list going here. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think of what else other soaps I remember. Of course, Spy. Spy was a shortening made by Lever Brothers. Right. Yeah, and they're doing it. Some of those soaps. Well, we forgot does. 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 Yeah, does. Does everything in those. Oh, yes. Uh, I love your jingle. Oh, Zed? Oh, yeah, that was Untrue for Consequences, yeah. The Road of Life, Guiding Light. Put those in your washing machine. Yep. Yep, and, I, and, you, and you, I love, what I always liked was hearing the washing sound effects in the back. Uh-huh. That was always fun to me. How about Rinso? Oh, yeah, Rinso White and Rinso Bright. Right. And later they made Rinso Blue. That's right, I have some of those had on white one-man family. I never knew... That happened until about 58 or 59 when I have those types of ads. For Rinso Blue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jim, on Rinso White, Rinso Bright, what was the rest of the jingle? Happy Little Wash Day song. Very good. Yeah. Remember who, who one of their chief singers was for a while? Yes. Beverly Sills. Right. Am I doing well? You're doing yes, you good. One out of a hundred. Good for Patricia. Yeah. You okay, she was, um... Uh, I know who else. Wasn't that her first claim to fame? Was the Rinso commercial? Well, I know she used to do the, um, uh, Major Bose had a Sunday morning program that she was, a, she was a singer on it when she was nine years old in, in the 30s. Right, yeah. one of the children's shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, then I think she started to do that about 43 or so, those Rinso White jingles. Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting that Lever Brothers and Procter and Gamble 
uh, both made, uh, though they were known for soaps, they, mo- they, made, they did shortenings in addition, like, like Frisco okay. was Procter & Gamble's product, and Floppo was another Procter & Gamble shortening in the 50s. What was the, what was the Crisco jingle? Remember, they had sort of a little jingle going. Oh, it was a little song, Keep Cooking with Crisco, da-da-da-da-da-da, from New York to Frisco. Mm-hmm. Cakes are so something tasty. Yep. Bread or something chicken so nice. <laughs> so keep on cooking with Crisco. Yeah, I, I always like those catchy jingles. I don't know why we don't have jingles today. I agree. We've talked about this at different times. I do not know. They just, what they do now, they just take old rock and roll songs and adapt them to commercials. Uh-huh. It's not the same as an original jingle. They have no um, instant brand recognition. Nothing. You hear the song, you say that's a great song. Oh, by the way, they're advertising a mop. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, working somewhere or they wouldn't be doing it. I'll never forget. Uh, well, <laughs> one time when Stan Freeberg was on Larry King's show promoting his book, and he was talking about some of the commercials he wrote. A caller called and asked Dan Freeberg if he wrote the Oscar Mayer jingle. You know, oh, I wish I were an Oscar. And, and uh-huh. Dan Freeberg just kind of sighed, like, oh, boy, how, are you serious or something? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Larry said, I can assure you, to the caller, he says, I can assure you, that is not one of Stan Freeberg's commercials. <laughs> And it's, it's, the way, it's the way Stan side that I got a chuckle out of. Like, oh boy, of all the commercials to be linked to. Well, it's also memorable, so. Yeah. Well, you know, he did so many that were memorable. You know, he did the eight great tomatoes and the little bitty can. And, bitty can. Uh, prunes and, and uh, uh, all the chunking spots. And acts, he did several accent spots that were very funny for the food tenderizer. And, and uh... He did some Coke spots, and he did some great spots for radio. Who listens to radio? Those and those were very good. Uh-huh. See, I'm thinking of another soap I can think of. Uh, prunes are no longer prunes, by the way. What are they? Dried plums. Yes, that's correct. Is that right? I'm just a guess. It as dried plums. You are absolutely correct. They're not called prunes anymore. Nope. You're going to have uh, a hard time. There might be a product still left on the shelf somewhere, but. They are marketed because prunes have uh, a negative, um, they don't have, I don't want to say negative, they don't have a bright, perky, polished, happy, orange juice type uh, sound to it. I mean, you you just don't get a perky feel from the word prunes. And so they changed it to uh, marketing dried plums. Well, like the, are, like the farmers that grow them, do they, are they, they're not called prune growers anymore? Or? <laughs> not called prune growers. Well, they were never called prune growers. Oh, I didn't know that. But the, but were, they were plum. They, they harvest plums, and they dry them out. Kind of like they do with grapes and raisins, kind of? Or, that's, or, uh, that's exactly right. They would advertise them as dried raisins or dried grapes instead of raisins. Uh. That would be the equivalent. But they market them as dried plums now. Huh. That's my little tidbit for tonight. Well, you just, you, I learned something new every day. It was kind of like what we, I think we talked about this before. How KFC decided they didn't want to emphasize the fried and Kentucky Fried Chicken, so they changed their name to KFC, which is exactly the initials Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right, but it, you're not saying the word fried loud, so the impact is significant significantly less.
But I guess, but if someone went to the store and said, what does KFC stand for? I guess they'd have to tell you, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. I would guess so. <laughs> there wouldn't maybe be any reason for them not to. Maybe they wouldn't know. I was just going to say it's been around as KFC long enough that yeah. we've got a whole generation coming up that probably do not know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny that they would make, you, you think they would call it something else because it just, because you know, KFC is exactly the initials. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the international business machines and IBM are one and the same, but you recognize IBM and you don't necessarily have the international or the business in there. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. They've, they've, they've been called IBM for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember anyone even ever saying, unless it's in a business class or something, in their commercials you never hear international business machines uh-uh. or things like that. It's been IBM forever. I heard that an old familiar product may be fading from our lives very soon. Which is? The Mercury automobile. Yeah. Oh, I heard about that the other day, but I only caught a quick snippet. Yeah, and I, and I think because Ford faded out some of their stuff, too, and Joe Motor fading out some stuff is pretty interesting. Well, for apparently they claim that Mercury's are not selling well. Lincoln's are. They're, you know, or I guess they're called, they were called Lincoln Mercury's at one time. Yeah. But Lincoln's, I guess, are doing well, but, but Mercury's aren't. And... Uh, I guess the Cougar and all those cars will be a thing of the past, I suppose. Um, we have an Oldsmobile. We, and that's another one that GM does not make anymore. Yeah. And a merry Oldsmobile. Yeah. Right. That goes back to the first part of the last century. I guess so. And I did hear somewhere that uh, 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 GM is thinking about phasing out the Pontiac as well. Yeah. You think it's true they're going to get fade out automobile? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay, I guess we're wondering. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, be you know, I hate to see these things go because they were such a part of our lives yeah. for a long time. And you know, we had our family had three Oldsmobiles. We had a '52, a '56, and a '61. Wow. And uh, Olds was always a good car. We always never had any real problems with them. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame to see them go, you know. But I guess uh, products products fade, I suppose. But it's still a shame. Yeah, they call it the maturing process of uh, uh, companies. You know, you they, you should study uh, growth cycles. They have an introduction, a growth period, and then a stabilization period that they're there. And then finally they start to decline, and that's where companies discontinue products and things. Like I never thought, for example, we were, and when you when you hear the old time right when you read the old time radio digest and you hear these references to all these products, it never dawned on on me when I was until I was reading the digest how many of these products don't exist anymore, or at least in the form we remember them. Because you know they were they were a part of our lives for so long being advertised. And my assumption is, as, and always has been, that if you don't hear advertisements for a product anymore, chances are it's either not being made or really downgraded. Well, it costs a lot of money to, to do a marketing campaign, and they want to probably figure what's going to be most viable. And that's where, I imagine a product that they don't have to spend money on that still moves off the shelf, wouldn't you think, Patricia? Probably. Yeah. 
Like I'm sure you don't need you don't need to promote uh, if McDonald's stopped advertising, let's say the Big Mac. Uh -huh. I'm sure it has enough of a reputation that people would still order them. Right. I, I guess McDonald's can advertise other product, but still, when somebody comes to McDonald's, they're gonna probably see the Big Mac on the menu. Yeah. Or or another example might be um, oh let's see. Yes, cornflakes. If Kellogg's quit advertising cornflakes, people would still buy them, I suppose. Probably. When was the last time you saw Dixie paper plates advertised? In a few years. Hmm. Are Dixie cups still advertised? I don't know, but they sell well in the stores. Yeah. 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 I, don't know if I, I don't know if I've ever heard paper plates advertised. I know Scott used. I guess Scott used to advertise them in the in the fifties and sixties. A lot of their paper. And they must they must be advertised somewhere, but I haven't seen them for a very long time. I have to I have to give you some Life Boy information. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Life Boy, I'm going to read this whole thing. It's three short paragraphs. It's a brand of soap that uh, was originally put out by Lever Brothers in England, beginning in 1895. I never would have guessed that the soap was around for that long. Did you know that it was that old? Nope. Nope. Wow, okay. The Life Boy has ceased being produced in the United States and the United Kingdom. It's still being mass-produced by Unilever in Cyprus. <laughs> India, its main value, um, it, it's the main value brand, as well as in some other South Asian and Southeastern countries. Da, 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 da. Now, here's, here's a, a fun tidbit. When the Phillies, the Philadelphia Phillies, played at Baker Bowl during the 1920s, an outfield wall advertised Life Boy with the words, The Phillies Use Life Boy. One night, a vandal sneaked in and added to the ad, and they still stink. Oh. <laughs> Which I think is great. The Phillies Use Life Boy, and they still stink. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, you know, Life Boy put that, uh, inf that famous or infamous, I guess you could say, B.O. ad. With the with the uh, fog hoyle, I, I I remember hearing that one. This information, however, says that even though Lifeway, as I'm reading this now, is often thought to have the B O or short for body odor, is often thought to have been invented by Lifeway for an advertising campaign. However, the term B O was actually coined by a company that made a deodorant for women called, <laughs> I swear this is true, Odo, O-D-O, Odo, Ro, No, O-D-O dash R-O dash N-O. Yeah, I think I've heard them sponsor on my, on my friend Irma. Well, it says it was uh, created, it's a product that was created in 1919. Now, when I look at this, odor, Oh, no, yeah. is what this comes out to. Yeah. Odo, ro, no. But if you put all the words together, it's odor. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, that's, that's what the letters are. Isn't that incredible? Yes. So, 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 they didn't, so that B.O. didn't originate with Life Boy, then. That's what it says here. Huh. The Life Boy radio ad, parodied by several Warner Brothers Looney Tune cartoons, used a foghorn-type sound to create the B.O. sound. But I thought that was great about the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, I did too. That was <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies used Life Boy. Yeah. <laughs> while you're while you're on your soaps, could you look up Bell and see if Bell is still being made? Hold on. Um, oh, 
dishwashing product. Our Miss Brooks sponsored it briefly. This is B as in boy? Yeah. B-E-L? Okay. B-E-L, Bell. Okay. Well, you guys just keep talking and I'll Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had a, you know, it, it just amazes you how many products. I was, think, I was thinking of uh, guys and dolls. Remember there was that song, Ring, Ring, uh, Ring My Bell? Bell? Yeah. Yeah. If I was a bell, i go, ding, dong, ding, dong. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's anything about I was thinking about that, you know, about that play. Uh-huh. Uh, NPR did a special on Morning Edition on its 50th anniversary in, in 2000, and it's, it's premiere. And they were talking about all the songs in the, in the play. And what was interesting is in the movie version of Guys and Dolls, they dropped one of the most famous songs from the film, and that was I Love You, A Bushel, and a Peck, was not used in the movie. Really? For some reason. I need to ask Milton DeWald because, you know, he, he was uh, Frank Lester's uh, assistant and Frank Lester works for all those songs. Maybe I need to ask him about that play one time. Yeah, that was uh, a, you know, my, my mother used to sing that to me when I was like three years old. That was what she used to sing to me. A Bush on a Peck? Yeah. Uh, gosh, well, remember who has some of the big hit versions of that? Well, let's see. Well, Perry Como and Betty Hutton That's was right. one version. That's right. Uh, my, I love I Jimmy Wakely. Yep. Yeah. And was there a third one? I think, uh... I, I think that's it. I think those are the two main ones, yeah. Yeah, I remember the Margaret Whiting Jimmy Wakely yeah. because my mother was a big fan of some of their duets. Mm -hmm. Of course, their most famous duet was Slipping Around. Slipping Around, yep. That was a big one for them. And Let's Live a Little was my mother's favorite. Mm, yep, yep. It was 1951. Margaret's still living. She lives in New York. I'm hoping to give her a call this summer. Get to Margaret Whiting? Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice to have her back on. Had her on close to 10 years ago. And, uh... Good lady. Very, very talented lady. Yeah. Her sister, I don't know if more people know, that her sister, uh, Barbara, was, uh, Walter Tetler's girlfriend on the Great Girls Who Radio Show. Right, and she was uh, she was Junior Miss briefly. Yep, and then the the, the sister the Whiting sisters had a TV show together. Right, and uh, she and Margaret did a couple of suspenses, not together, but they both made. Separately, yeah, and Barbara passed away not too long ago. She was living in Detroit. Yeah. Um. You know the Gasmans interviewed her a few years ago. Yeah. Well, very. By the way, they did a nice tribute to Art today. The Gasmans. Okay. That's good. They did uh, People Are Funny from 1950. Right. They played their interview that they did with Art in, 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 I guess it was 1991. Okay. And they played, again, and say they played Champagne for Caesar. Oh, yeah. Classic show. I, I think that one would work well in a radio recreation. I've always thought that could be a good play. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it always makes most people's list. Uh -huh. Their favorite uh, screen guilds. It's up there. Yeah. It's up there. So what do you got planned for tomorrow? Do you have any bigger radio show you're gonna tune in and listen to, or anything you got? Listen, any... I'm gonna try to see what 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 uh what Jerry does. Yep. And what Jerry? Oh, actually, it, it's Jerry, Steve, and Terry tomorrow. All three have shows tomorrow. And any books you're currently working on? I'm working on a book called The Coldest Winter by David Halberstam about the Korean War. Mm. Very interesting book. I mean, it's it's uh. Interesting to read about the various strategies and how people thought different strategies should be done and how, how there were a lot of miscalculations yeah. and the like, you know, on, on how to fight it. Uh, um, all of them, you know, wanted to win it, but there was just, you know, a lot of 
you know, right now the big dispute about whether China was going to enter it or not, and, right. you know, and, and the, our soldiers in many ways weren't quite prepared for that. Right. So it's a very well-written, very well-researched book, and I'm listening to that, and I'm going to be um, doing some other, uh, making some tapes for a friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, getting ready for, um, well, not really, I don't think... Let's see, my, my friends and I are going to be um, uh, going, I'm going to be going on a, va- well, not vaca- vacation, I'm going, I postponed my physical because of some transportation issues. Uh-huh. I've rescheduled it for July. Right. And not, not a lot else, I'll be certainly looking forward to uh, your, your conversation with Mike tomorrow night. Yep. Maybe you all will, t- and of course your big D-Day special. My D-Day special tomorrow. That's going to be fun. That's true. I didn't get a chance to hear your show last night because they were they had to borrow the phone. How did things go? How did things go, Frank? Frank went well. We had a little telephone trouble at the beginning. That's why we chatted late. We were in the area that Frank phone broke up. But uh, once we got it straightened out, I thought it went well. And uh, so we played the interview with Carlton Morris, and then Brian and I have been basically working on the rep convention. That's keeping you really busy. Yep. Yep. That's good. It's, it's going to be, uh, just a, it's hard to believe, just a few weeks away. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of, the, I know that you consider that the convention of conventions for it, you. It's the convention of the convention, you know. Well, you've got, you've got, and you've got some good people attending it each year, right. and it's nice that Norman's going to make it up there. Yep. And it's going to be a, um, and, and you just think, you and Patricia are both going to get the night of Saturday, June 26th off. I don't know what she's going to do with herself. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Mm-mm. I think she's going to go to bed at 7 o'clock in the evening and sleep for 12 hours. Well, at one thing, she, she won't have to... Um, I doubt that one bit. <laughs> she won't have to come up with any questions that night. That's true. <laughs> this is true. I can stay home and look for more questions for the following That's week. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, well, it'll be, uh, it'll be, an, uh, and Walden will be, you know, doing the convention, and I mm-hmm. guess after the show Saturday night, you can just relax and, and then just fly back on, are you going to be on Sunday night or not? No, um, I, I will put together a big Sunday program, and so Brian wanted me to stay, so time I fly home, it's going to be close to show time. Okay. So I'm taking the whole weekend off. Okay. Well, you don't get that in the do you? No, no, that's okay, I love this job. Yeah. It, it pays so well, I can I can uh, retire, just add or keep adding those zeros. Yeah, that you, that's why I'm able to double Patricia's salary every week. Yeah, but we'll do, you can just get uh, you can just get Bill a call and Richardson and say, yeah. hey, uh, I I it's going to happen next week. I request it. That's right. I request that increase in pay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a labor of love for all. Yeah. Of, my friend Dennis was talking to me tonight about how we were talking about it, and he says. It, he just says it's so nice. There is a service like Yesterday USA where where you can really do the programming as a labor of love. True. And not restricted by is it marketable? Is it saleable? Is it? Uh, and you know, like like what you all do, you can just the clock is not a a restrictive factor. You can start your show on Saturday night and it yep. can go all evening. Yep. So Patricia and I have one clock. Yeah. If that is if it's time to go to bed. Right. That's about it. <laughs> Which conceivably, you all could go till, well, till at I least till, till, till Jerry's program on Sunday morning. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Or, till, or at least till when radio was. When radio was. It's yeah. been pretty close a couple of times. 
Yeah, yeah. What's the latest you both ever went together? Six I, in the morning. Six in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that shows that people care and 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 they listen. Either that or I'm being abused by Walden, and I think that's probably the case too. Well, <laughs> poor Walden. <laughs> I don't know how to comment on that. Uh, but but it's but it's a, it's the fun kind of abuse that, that you all both you all enjoy what you're doing, and your listeners obviously do. Yeah. Well, it is fun. Do you have anything about Bill? Yeah. Patricia, Patricia? No, there's nothing here. I couldn't even find the name. Is It might be um, a different spelling, Jim. Is that possible? Maybe you can try and add two L's, maybe. But I'm pretty sure it's B-E-L. It was a Colgate product. Maybe you can look up. Well, Colgate does have a, a commercial website, but I don't remember seeing the product on there. So okay, well, my maybe. guess is probably not around. I will do my best to dig around later. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll be something to, uh, well, you know, a lot of these products, you know, like I say, come and come and go. Mm-hmm. But does Colgate still make tooth powder? You hear about the toothpaste. Do they still make tooth powders? Not that I know of. You never hear those advertised. And oh, I thought of another uh, toothpaste product that was on the life of Riley, Teal. Mm-hmm. The liquid dentifrist. Is Teal still made? That's spelled T-E-L. You remember, Walden, how that Teal is? Teal, uh, Teal. I think it's T-E-L, T-E-L, I guess. Oh, and the way she used to sing the jingle like that. Teal, Teal. Yeah, it was a liquid dentist. And I, you know, I never hear that advertised anymore. Oh, well. Oh, well, products, products come. Uh, I also liked on The Life of Riley or and on other shows when P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Prell was the first to have those weird, those uh, those plastic tubes, I think, you know, that were unbreakable. The shampoo tube. But I know you told me that one product Colgate does not make anymore. You said luster cream is no longer made. Yep, when I looked it up, it's gone. So no one can be a dream girl anymore. That's right. <laughs> dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. You know, you're doing it, you're doing it just as good as the guy who said it. You really do. <laughs> we'll get him a job yet. I always liked the way Vern Smith would talk about with lustrous sheen. You know, the way he made it sound so appealing when you heard those commercials. Uh-huh. You know what other radio show he with the announcer for? Ozzy and Harriet. That's right. Good, Jim. That was the one I was thinking of. And I think Judy Canova, maybe. I think you're right. Isn't it amazing how some of these announcers did so many different shows? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, he and Wilcox and um, Don Wilson and... Uh, can you think of, uh, in addition, aside from Jack Benny, can you name three other shows, or maybe two other shows, that Don Wilson announced? Uh, Baby Snooks. Right. Um, uh, Glamour Manor. Right. Um. There's one on the day of radio in 39. Hmm. I think he did one of the uh, ki- uh, kid shows. I'm trying to think which one that might be. Why well, don't we? Like, like a date of Judy or something like that. I'm trying to oh, think. That's right, he did that with Joey Brown. Was yeah. One he did. Ah. The Joey Brown show. Yeah. That's about it, all I can think of. Yeah, and uh, Wilcox did Suspend, Fibber McGee, of course, mm-hmm. Amos and Andy, right. the Autolite era of Suspend. Right. 
Didn't he do Baby Snooks? He did Baby Snooks. He did Truth of Consequences. He did Mayor of the Town. Amos and Andy? Amos and Andy. Very durable man. Patricia, one for Patricia. Hooray for Patricia! Yeah. And he did, uh, let's see, I know he did, uh, uh, and, and of course he did, and he also did the early episodes of The Adventures of Frank Merriwell in the 30s. Chuck played one of those oh, ones from 33. Did not know that. And it was sponsored by Dr. West Toothpaste. Ah. It's kind of funny to hear Harlow Wilcox so young on that one, you know. Yeah, true. Something so, so, it was kind of like, when I heard the soap, This Day Is Ours, on that WJSV thing, and I didn't recognize the announcer, and when he did his farewell, he said, this is Melvin Allen. Mm -hmm. And you don't think of Mel, you know, you think of Mel Allen as a sports announcer. Right. But he sounded so young, he didn't sound quite the same as the Mel Allen we know. Of course, he was much younger then. But it was just fun to hear him called Melvin Allen. It's so interesting that Mel Allen, Ralph Edwards, and Andre Baruch were all roommates together. Were they? Yeah. In this, at Columbia? Uh, well, at uh, a hotel. A hotel well, in they, New York. They, 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 made so much, they hired a maid to clean the room for them. <laughs> uh, but that's about it. Yeah. They were just getting into the business, I guess. Well, they were doing really well over there at CBS and all those network shows. So they just probably weren't home. They needed a place to bunk down. They had to, you know. You know, to me, Andre had such an eloquent voice. Yeah. When you think of an eloquent voice. The way he could do those, you know, all those uh, those lucky spots and those uh, on the shadow, and I'm so glad that it, in in the last years he got he and B got to do that Your Hit Parade syndicated show together. Yeah, it was a nice series. And he wrote them too. He wrote them. Yeah, he wrote them. Uh huh. Did the research and wrote them out himself. Mm hmm. Did a very talented man. When he when he, they first started in about 1981. KMJ, the, their morning man, I forgot his name, interviewed Andre and B mm. about the premiere of the show. And Andre was talking about how it used to be fun in New York to advertise things like on the U.S. Steel Hour and all right. those big network shows and uh, how nice it was to be back on. Well, they, I don't know if most people know, they, when they, they moved down to Florida in the 70s and they had a talk show together. Did they? Yes. For, 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 yeah, for, yeah, for four hours a day in Florida. So, they were a talented couple. Yeah, and B still look, it makes some of the conventions, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Like the spurred back yep. woman. she's 93 now. Yeah. As Patricia likes to say, she wants to know what kind of vitamin they take or what did they eat for breakfast. Yes, so, she does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that she's, she's, she's so durable and, and still, still, still uh, performing. Anyway, I want to wish you all a nice evening, and again, a very happy birthday to you. Thank you, Jim. It's almost over now, I guess, on the Pacific Coast, or it's getting there. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't recognize it. He doesn't. <laughs> no, this is, this is his birthday week. Well, that's right, that's right. A week of celebrations. It's like in the royal family. Well, I think we're wondering nice after Tuesday, and I'm, I won't get into the issues involved, but... For, 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 for cleanliness of the ears in California. <laughs> After Tuesday, we won't, for a few weeks anyway, we won't have to hear any political ads. Well, I have not been hearing too many political ads. They've been calling me up. Oh, they've been calling you up? Yeah, yeah. What is my advice how to run no campaign? But I, I've been busy trying to work with Patricia. Well, it's more fun to do that. I mean, That's true. I'd much rather, I, I would much rather you, you be here 
doing OTR and discussing it than running for governor of California. You might be a good governor, but you, yeah. you, you wouldn't have time to be on yesterday. Uh, I don't, and I don't think it pays enough. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Jim. Have a good evening. Thank have you. a good evening, Patricia. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There he goes. There he goes. So, the Philadelphia Phillies use the life boy. Yo, that is so kind. So good. So, too. Yeah. Now, I have a little bit of information about lava soap. L-A-V-A-L-A-V-A. That one. Yes. Now, I thought lava soap was something that came out, like, maybe during the war, because it's it's an industrial-type hand soap. Okay. Makes good sense to me. Well, it made good sense to me until I read that it was born in 1893. Well, that was during the Industrial Revolution. I would say that close. <laughs> I was pretty close. I was only, what, 50, 60 years old? 50 years. Well, not even that, huh? 2003, 40 years. Well, that wasn't too bad. Anyhow. That was close. I mean, that was really close. Anyhow. It, yeah, thank you. You know, you've always rooting for me, Walden. I, I really appreciate it. I'm your biggest fan. And I, Even when I bomb. I don't I care. Don't I don't care. Oh, you're so sweet. I try to be. Okay, it was originated by the Waltke Company. K.E. We have a caller. Hello, caller. You're on with Patricia. Okay, Walden. Happy birthday. This is uh, from Lower Shelf. This is Kat Casey or Cassie. Oh, how you doing? Oh, I thought you good. We I almost died. I had that famous uh, flesh-eating disease called MRSA. Uh-oh. Yeah, but they, you know, it's, uh, they were able to take an antibiotic that knocked it out. So do you have to take for a week in the hospital. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, it's a little rough one. So you still, are you still on the antibiotics, or have you been able to get off those by now? Oh, no, it's all IV. Wow. It's a pretty strong antibiotic. If they put it in too fast, my body would have rejected it, and I'd be dead by now. Wow. 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 And it, it, it goes towards your extremities. Oh, dear. Starts eating away. That's why they call it a flesh-eating disease. Wow. So I didn't reach that point, but I, it was pretty close. Wow. I'm okay now. I'm that's, home now. That's good. And uh, I missed, uh, and uh, I'm glad that I was listening to the show on the internet, and uh, I'm glad uh, you turned 44. <laughs> hey, I made it. I yes, made it. Yes, I, I yes. know. Some people wonder if I ever going to make it, but I did. Really? I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. Uh, 44, I remember when I worked in a post office, I started off with the famous David Berkowitz, in the Bronx, New York. Right. And he used a 44 caliber revolver, which a lot of people don't know. They, the, the, the guys that secretly bought the planes to protect you from any of those wackos, that's the, that's the weapon of choice. A 44 caliber revolver. I never knew that. And I'm saying he's 44. And I was 20 when you were born, and I was in Vietnam when it was happening. Oh, dear. Yeah, and everything, like, closes in. By the way, I'm going to take a guess on a Fedra McGee parakeet thing. 